All right. It's Danny Dine at the livery. Uh, we're going to be talking to Danny Dine. This is Johnny's Secret Stash. I'm John Goldman. I'm here with my co-host, Adam Conley. How you Lord, doing? How's, how are you? How's your week going? Pretty good. <laughs> kind of a nice day out there. It got really nice. <laughs> anyway, we're on Radio Harbor Country, WRHC 106.7 FM out of Three Oaks, Michigan, and WRHZ 93.5 out of Sawyer, Michigan. Uh, we're underwritten by Harbor Country Hydroponics out of New Buffalo, Michigan. For everything you need to grow your own secret stash, and as I mentioned before, we're here in the studio with our good friend Danny Dine. Hi, Danny. How you doing? Hey, how you doing, John? And we're going to get a chance to talk with him, but I want to play the whole song that we were listening to. This is one of my favorite Danny Dine originals. Uh, the, actually, the, um, uh, the, the YouTube video that I'm playing doesn't indicate the name of the song, but I think it's called uh, About a Girl. We were scared. We were scared. All right. But it's about a girl. <laughs> yep. As many of your songs are. We'll get into that. All right. Here you go. We were scared.
Right, that was Danny Dine and Friends uh, at the livery in 2012. Looks like Nate Sipian was uh, doing that last little guitar solo there. Yeah. And you guys have been playing together now for a bunch of years as a Sipian family band. So we've got Danny Dine in the studio. Danny Dine is a present member of the Sipian family band. He's Played with everybody in Harvard Country over the years. He's a, a, a songwriter, a teacher at the Citadel um, S- Citadel Music Center. I don't know the full name. Officially of it. called uh, Citadel uh, Dance and Music Center. Okay, uh, and he's here in the studio with us. Welcome, Danny. Good to have you here. It's been we've been talking about this for a while already, and I'm glad to finally have you in the chair there. Uh, I've known you probably for eight or nine years, seeing you play at the livery and used to play at that uh, Italian restaurant on Thursday night. What was that one called there? Oh, Over on Santanello's. Gla- Gla- Santanello's, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, I, you know, I there's a lot of things that I do know about you, but I'll probably have you talk about anyway. But uh, some things I don't know. Uh, so you grew up in Benton Harbor, St. Joe, is that Saint right? Uh huh. And um, 
how long have you been playing music? Oh, man. You know, I was messing around with a ukulele when I was in grade school. Yeah, wow. And because uh, uh, my mom was playing a bit. Uh-huh. Oh, your and, mom was a musician as well? Well, mm, Just kind yeah, of yeah, messing, messing around with the ukulele? Yeah. That's yeah. fun, though. And uh, so I took it up from, uh, she had a song book. And uh, first song I learned was Down in the Valley. Oh, right. Good one. And uh, and then uh, somewhere around junior high, I started messing around with a guitar. And my good friend Dan Pavlides, who is now deceased, he uh, he taught me the basics on uh, open chords on it. Uh-huh. So did your mom show you any of the uh, the notes or how to play them? When, I think she might have uh, helped me on. I, she probably helped me out on the chords and showed me how to read the tablet chord tablature. Uh huh. So as a little kid, you were learning how to read music and and play uh, guitar and ukulele. But I know that you also play the keyboards and you play the slide guitar or the. Um, uh, seated, um, do- dobro is that what you call it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen yeah. you play that before. I'm, I'm uh, keyboard. I I use it to write songs more than go out and play it because I'm so it's much more fluent on guitar. Uh, slide guitar a lot. Dobro not so much, and the reason why is because I hate using finger picks. Oh, yeah. And you have to use finger picks on a dobro. It just doesn't have the tone if you don't use right. finger picks. I will play dobro when I'm really required to, <laughs> but uh, for that reason, um, what, I'd, what I'd like to do is is learn uh, more. Well, I already do, but, but get more fluent at it, learning lap steel guitar in dobro tuning. Oh, wow. <laughs> It's complicated. It's not that big of a stretch over open G tuning. Uh-huh. It's just two yeah. strings, the, the fifth and sixth string changed. Right. Well, uh, Adam is a guitar player. He plays with beer hippies, and he was with oh. Bone Naked for a while. Uh, started playing with a band called Modern Vultures. Um, so you guys... Uh, I just heard of the beer hippies. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Be at the livery in a couple weeks. All right. We're on the posters. All right, great. It's official. How about that? Yeah. That's where I heard of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, will you um, step a little bit closer yeah. to the mic there? Or just, you know, sort of Lean pull forward, it a little bit. Yeah. You Got can it. even pull it closer to you. Okay. All righty. Uh, so did you take, you know, lessons in school when you were growing up? Did they do that kind of stuff back when you were no, in they didn't, junior high, they high school? No, they didn't do that. And I, I, uh, I took a couple lessons from the guy ended up being a, a classical guitar player and he taught me this one flamenco thing that i still use today and I, that's all i learned yeah one, i learned one lick i went and took uh, uh lessons later on and i learned one lick uh-huh. <laughs> one chord lick and i didn't learn too well from teaching even though i'm a teacher but you at some point obviously learned how to read music and proper progressions and things like that didn't you well the secret of it is i uh um i don't know how to read really i wow. know i can read chord tab uh-huh yeah i think more in terms of numbers than uh-huh than, uh, than reading notation i mean i can pick out notes on the on the staff sure both bass and treble but to sit there and actually read it in real time yeah, yeah. 
So when you write music, do you write it out in tabs or you just kind of re- remember the melodies? You know, what's your process for writing? Um, used to be it all in my head, but uh, it got too cluttered up. So <laughs> now I have a, a few different re- recorders, like the one on the phone I use. Uh-huh. And uh, I'll just get a snatch of a melody out of nowhere in my head and um, I'll record that. And then, uh, then I'll write the music around that idea, initial idea I got, and then the words always come last. Interesting. Okay, so uh, are the words inspired by the way you hear the music? Is that what generally happens? Maybe a little bit, yeah. And uh, uh, usually I'll get a line in my head, maybe, you know, and after write a song around, around that line. It happened. The words happen in various ways. Uh huh. Okay. I toil over them too. The music comes a lot faster than the words. Do you, uh, Do you ever just put down the words, like when poem formation or anything like that, and then come back to those? I did after? once. Yeah. Uh, you've written uh, hundreds of songs, right? I think one time uh, you told me you wrote four hundred. You've you know you've written four hundred songs. Is that about? Uh, no, you're shaking prob- your head. probably in my whole entire <laughs> lifetime. Uh-huh. You know, I'm guessing I, di- I didn't really keep count. I've got uh, two song books that are full now that that I do actually have you know the lyrics in. Uh-huh. Uh huh. One's got forty. The other one's got about thirty. Then when I was a kid, I was writing this stuff all the time. Uh, none of it was very good. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. was all funny. You yeah, know, it was comedy. <laughs> right. Did you ever? Um, well, let me let me back up. So. We were talking about learning how to play the ukulele, learning how to play the guitar. When did you first start performing? You know, just playing in front of people, either you know your friends or at school or that kind of thing. Uh, I can remember the first gig was at LMC at the college. That's pretty and, good. Uh, first place yeah, to have a was, gig. Yeah, it was in a cafeteria or something. It's it's it kind of vague. It was me. Dan Pavlides, Doug Hardy, and Andy Willie. We had a four-piece uh, acoustic guitar thing, you know. And uh, so, so what, how, how did that break down? So you were on acoustic guitar. What did the other guys play? They all played acoustic guitar, and we uh, we all played open chords in the same position because we didn't <laughs> know enough to, you know, split it up the neck. And uh, my songs went over the best because I had a formula where I would just play really fast songs for for timing that you'd stop your foot to uh-huh yeah so i i i that was the trick for me right not that they were that good but people could go you know you know yeah <laughs> did you guys all sing too when you were yeah in yeah we did but so just but, singing uh, and playing I guitar doubt all... highly that it had harmony <laughs> you know it was yeah. probably all unison or close you know i don't i don't think yeah yeah what when was that uh, late 60s oh, early 70s 73 ish yeah i was so, young uh-huh. i was really young did you um the the songs that you played then did you uh, ever do covers at that point or was it yeah. just strictly your own personal songs? I wrote a I wrote a lot of stuff. It was all kind of like footstomp and bluegrass timing stuff. Uh, and like I say, I wrote it for that trick of getting attention. You yeah. Know? Uh, and uh, they wrote more folkier stuff. They were, uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young was uh, the uh, the four way street 
album was a big influence but okay like i say i don't think we sang a bit of harmony yeah that's funny because they're all harmony yeah right Right. yeah we we didn't know what we were doing you know (laughs) (laughs) well so that was one of the inspirations it sounds like csn uh what were some of the other bands you were listening to growing up and when you were first forming your musical style oh man well you see i had older people than me yeah older, older kids than me that when i was in grade school that were teenagers uh-huh and they were the <coughs> um uh, counterculture you know sure teenagers. that was so that they, age uh, they turned me on to a lot of great stuff so so when i was in grade school uh big one for me was that uh dylan album uh john wesley harding oh that's uh, a good i used one, to yeah. play that all the time uh-huh. and uh blonde on blonde uh-huh. um there was a lot of um stream of consciousness songwriting by dylan at that oh, stage of his life it's a wonderful album yeah I, I was yeah that was constantly on uh a little bit later donovan open road great album uh-huh. open road by donovan and, and uh donovan's got a connection to this area i don't know if you're aware of that. i did not know that i think he married like somebody who grew up in three oaks you hear about that that sounds yeah. familiar <laughs> wow it's about as close to uh a fact that that um that we can come up with that's about all we know uh, at this stage but huge yeah i'm pretty sure the guy yeah yeah he was amazing and uh oh the beatles of course yeah the stones the, uh-huh. uh um i i would like to say the kinks but nobody had any kinks albums and uh uh, I only heard what I heard on the radio, which wasn't too much. And same thing with The Who. I got into The Who later because nobody had any Who albums. Huh, so there's a lot of stuff. Interesting. I was dependent upon who had albums. Right, you know, right. Because I, didn't, I couldn't afford any. Yeah. And, uh, and I know, you know, you and I have touched base on our uh, mutual respect for Jerry Garcia and his yeah, playing style. Was that uh, somebody you were listening to back in the 70s? Yeah. The, I first first heard them or him in 73 uh andy willie had the wake of the flood i, I heard uh-huh. wake of the flood when he just got it yeah it was brand new and i was there when he opened the you know tore the right. cellophane off it and it was exactly what i needed to listen to at that time <laughs> how about that and, yeah and yeah that was uh, still one of my favorite albums in the world and that was at that point in time when Jerry was uh, doing a lot of side stuff too, yeah. with like uh, yeah, he was Will Saunders, a, 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 yeah, and, mm-hmm, exactly. The, uh, and all of that, like live at the Keystone, yeah, yeah, all of that stuff. Don't walk, right. run out and buy it. Oh, for you sure, know, it's, yeah. Well, it was kind of innovative because you know here you have these uh, two awesome sort of rock musicians, Merle Saunders on keyboard and Jerry on guitar. And yet they're playing sort of these old-timey songs, you know, sitting on top of the world and... Um, and Motown. Uh, and Motown stuff and yeah. R&B stuff and, and just giving it their own um, really mellow but extended out kind of sound. That was, uh, that was a great Yeah, when, whenever right. Jerry was outside of the Grateful Dead, that was his chance of being in a cover band to uh-huh. do, do, yeah. do all, the, all the stuff he wanted to right. play. Yeah, and all that work with Dave Grisman and and uh, John Kahn doing, yeah. um, you know, all the bluegrass stuff. Right. And, John Kahn used to uh, in the later and and Jerry's solo albums. John Kahn used to uh, pick the material. Is that right? He was and, sort of the musical um, curator for mm-hmm. Jerry. I didn't realize. And that. Jerry would uh, Jerry would okay it. 
Uh-huh. You know, he would come up with a list, this, that, and Jerry would be, yeah, that's great. And uh, John Kahn also picked the musicians in the Jerry Garcia band quite often. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I knew that John Kahn, who plays bass, was one of Jerry's, like, permanent side project contributors, whether he was doing bluegrass or whether he was doing stuff with uh, Merle Saunders. Or... He was always there. Yeah. I, I don't believe there's a, a project side project outside of the Grateful Dead where John Kahn wasn't on bass. Yeah. One way or another. How about that? That's, yeah. Uh, that's pretty wild. Um, so uh, back to your uh, your musical formation, I guess we could say. You started out with this band where you guys were all doing exactly the same thing, singing and yeah. playing guitar. And That's how uh, I remember it. Yeah, yeah. that's funny. Um, so how did it transition from there? What was sort of the next group that you played with? Oh, let me see. Um, I didn't play with anybody for a long time, and and I I look upon that as being unfortunate now because, like, disco came in and funk came in, on, um, and I didn't really care for any of it. And I could have probably gotten into a band with kids my age, you know, that, that, that were musicians doing that stuff, but uh, I didn't want to play that music. I regret it now because uh, now I know how much band makes you good, uh, and it draws uh, you out. And yeah, and even if you're playing music you don't edges. like, uh-huh. even if you're playing, uh, and and uh, that would have been in like you know a regular band band. It, even if you're playing music you don't like, uh, it'll make you grow quick instead of being in your room and just studying technique, you know, for yeah. a long time. And uh, so I didn't really become what I would say a, a good musician until I was like 27 because of that. You know, it took me that long to get into a, a band. Uh, and and then when I did get in a band, we were playing stuff that a lot of stuff I didn't wouldn't listen to at home anyways. But, uh-huh. uh, uh, what kind of stuff was that? Well, it wasn't terrible stuff. It just, just wasn't stuff that I didn't listen to, like Journey and, and uh, Foreigner. And it was just the 80s, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. And um, uh, Billy Squire and stuff like that. Some of it I enjoyed playing, you know. Uh, I just didn't listen to it at home. When was the, what was the first band uh, where you had more than just, you know, four guys and guitars, uh, where you actually had like uh, that a drummer was, that and was, a bass uh, player? Proud Ape. Proud Ape. Yep, that was, the, that was the band I was referring to. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, Kendall Holmes named it that. He was the bass player. Yeah, so Kendall Holmes on bass. Who else yeah. was in that one? We had a great singer called Jim Crum who could just sing all that 80s stuff spot on. I mean, he sounded just like uh, the guy in Journey, the guy in Foreigner. He had that really powerful high voice. Uh-huh. Could sing Roxanne, sound like Sting. And So were these uh, guys all in uh, school with you at that time? Or, no, so no. So you they, were already out of school. You mentioned yeah, 27. yeah, I was, I was out of school. And we probably started when I was in that band when I was about 25-ish, and it evolved. And then by the time I was 27, we were out working, and we had, uh, the, we had the regular members and everything, you know. Do you uh, tour with that band outside yeah, well, of this area? Yeah, we, we'd play uh, Indiana, northern Indiana gigs uh-huh. uh, a lot. And we, we yeah we we gigged a lot. Um, what were some of the places that you played in Harbor Country? Are they still even around? Uh, well, what is Har- Harbor Country's right down? I don't here, know. Right? Bering County, I'm thinking. Oh, uh, not too much. We played St. Joe at where the Chocolate Cafe is now, a place called Portico. 
Oh, okay. We played there constantly. Which is funny because you just mentioned to me that you had played at Chocolate Factory yeah, just last, last night. Yeah, just last night. So. Same place. Yeah. <laughs> Same corner of the room. <laughs> yeah. We played this place in Niles. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. We played there all the time. It was right across from the cemetery on, you know, what is it, 33, you know, going down to South Bend. Oh, okay. Uh, 31? 31. The highway? Yeah, uh-huh. 31. Yeah. You know, the big cemetery. It was right across the street. And uh, that we were regulars there. Wasn't the White House? No, it wasn't the White oh, House. Okay, right. Yeah, the White House, that was way out in the country. So okay. I never played there. Yeah, I've only been there once. Okay. I don't remember where it was. but. And, uh, oh, man, we used to just, you know, drink like fish in there. <laughs> and, uh, me and me and That uh, was pre-breweries, too. It pre-breweries, was, uh, it was all just, you know, yeah, just regular standard. Yeah. We, me and uh, Kendall would... Uh, literally bring pitchers on stage uh-huh. uh, you yeah. drink out of the pitcher not out of a, <laughs> not out of a glass it's like a huge mug. it was a, just a huge gla- yeah a huge <laughs> mug yeah and uh um we we had an alcoholic in the band and we wouldn't allow him the, here here's yeah. the we wouldn't allow him to drink uh-huh. because he would go nuts yeah and uh so he had to say stay sober while we're just drinking like fish <laughs> And if he if he did drink, he was under the threat of being fired because he ruined a few gigs for us. Oh yeah, <laughs> crazy times. Well, that sounds like there's some pretty good self control on his part watching you guys play and yeah. drink and knowing yeah. he couldn't. Yeah, I'm but. glad to say that he's he's been sober now for decades. Oh, good. He doesn't really like to talk. I, I brought I brought a lot of those. I started bringing those stories up to him, you know, for laughs, and he didn't find it funny. So. No, I bet not. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that. He was like, I, you know, that was the, a dark Bad. period in my life. Yeah, yeah. Do you still play? He still plays. Uh, he 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 tries playing classical guitar, and he wanted me to come out. And unfortunately, I I just got busy and didn't. You know, uh-huh. made made plans to go out and see him, but and. I never followed through with it, but um, he's a good guy. Yeah, still out there. All right, we won't get yeah. into you know identities or anything. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know what I want to do? Let's take a station break, but I uh, want to come back and have you uh, play a song for us. Okay. How's that sound? So, Sounds good. Um, we'll uh, you want to try to get your guitar put you know okay. ready to go, and uh, you are listening to. Johnny Secret Stash on Radio Harbor Country, WRHC 106.7 FM out of Three Oaks, Michigan, and WRHZ 93.5 out of Sawyer, Michigan. We also are available through a podcast, Johnny Secret Stash, on iPod, uh, Podbean or iTunes, and it's Johnny without an H. Uh, we are underwritten by Harbor Country Hydroponics out of New Buffalo, Michigan. For everything you need to grow your own secret stash. And we're here with Danny Dine, one of the guitar players for the Scipion Family Band and a teacher at the Citadel Dance and Music Place. Center. <laughs> Center. School. Thank you. Yeah. School. Uh, and uh, Danny, what are you going to play for us? Um, you know, I, I think I'll just warm up with uh, blues. All right. Sounds good. Sitting on top of the world. Awesome. Here we go. One sunny day. Uh-huh. 
She went away. She gone to let me. She gone to stay. She's gone. I don't worry. I'm sitting on top of the world. Worked all the summer. Worked all the fall. I had to take my Christmas and my overalls. She's gone. I don't hurt I'm sitting on top of Danny, and that's uh, sitting on top of the world. Danny Dine doing that acoustic right here in the studio. Very exciting. Uh, Walter Vinson, that's uh, one of the original writers of it. And the Mississippi Sheiks recorded that in 1930. So that has been around for a long time and has been played by 
a whole variety of different musicians. I mean, I can think of a Jerry Garcia version. Uh, I think it was like a bluegrass one with Dave Grisman and those guys. And then uh, you mentioned uh, Holland Wolf did a version yeah. of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's it's been around for a while and it's had a lot of different life to it. And I first I, heard it from the Holland Wolf, the London Sessions with Eric Clapton and oh Bill yeah, Ryan and Charlie Watts and all those Steve Winwood. <laughs> That's a good one too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's been something that's been in your repertoire for a while. Does that has that influenced any of the writing that you've done? Because I know there's that other song that I'm familiar with that you that you uh, wrote called uh, "Top of the Hill." Is, yeah. Is that uh, so? Any any association there or not really? No. <laughs> you know, for for. For whatever reason, I have no idea, but when I write it, it, it usually comes out pop, you know, pop music. Uh-huh, yeah, okay. So, uh, that's interesting. It, it and, and It's not you, by design, it's just, you know. Just that's sort of the melody yeah. that's coming through you that you get right, down. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. And so, instead of, like, writing tabs for it, you just kind of, like, turn on your recorder and, and start... Uh, yeah, I'll get, I usually get a vocal... Uh, a, a snatch of vocal melody. Uh huh. I mean, it'd be, even I'd before be, uh, you write the words, like you'll try to. Oh yeah, yeah. Voice it out. Yeah, I'll, I'll get something in my head, like, to, uh, and it won't be any words. So I'll just hear like. And I went, oh, okay, well that might be that might turn into something, so I'll, I'll record that, and then uh, if that's all I got. I try to write a song around that. Uh-huh. Okay. But you can almost hear the pop in that little melody. I, I that that was just an example of something that's one of the many things I got on tape. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and uh, then and I've got so many things that are on tape that backlogged, you know. It hasn't translated to a full song. Uh, it's yet. just only because of laziness. Well, <laughs> I, I'm backlogged quite heavily right now. Yeah. Like How long does it take ideas. you like from uh, you know, getting one of those melodies in your head to like actually putting it into a full song. Like, well, how if does I'm, that evolve? If I'm trying, usually uh, three, four days. Yeah. Uh huh. What I what what happens from that? If I get if I get the uh, music basically down, uh, then I'll uh, I'll usually write. Uh, at when I'm going to bed or when I wake up, you know, so so I'll have a, a notebook uh, by my bedside. So I write in bed. Uh huh. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's you know, you're relaxed. You're not. Your mind's not cluttered with all the stuff going on around you, and it's probably a good time to do some positive thinking by putting songs together. Yeah, I think the brain is 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 uh, is more wanders more, you know, that, for sure. Uh, which is which is better for songwriting. When you think uh, when the brain is wandering more, that's good for songwriting, or for me it is. Oh, okay. yeah. When I'm the more the more spaced out I am, the better, you know. As, yeah. as far as being naturally spaced out is concerned. <laughs> So okay, so you're saying that when your mind is relaxed and, yeah. and you're not wandering all over the place and and uh, you know having all that chatter going on in your head, that's the best time to write a song. I I would imagine. Yeah, you know, that, yeah, you that get, I've got sense. attention deficit, so my mind's wandering all the time. 
you know. So, so yeah, <laughs> they have papers on me. You know? <laughs> so I'm supposed to be on stuff for it, you know, but I, I refuse to do it. Same. Yeah, Same. well, there okay. you go. I mean, <laughs> you're, it would maybe you would uh, affect your creative juices if you started trying to tamp that down. They so. say it doesn't. I've read, I read a book on it. They, uh-huh. they say it. They say it doesn't. But uh, they put me on uh, Adderall. Uh huh. Yeah, it's and, supposed to uh, sharpen things up well, and speed it things up. Made me really high for a week, and yeah. after, I, I got tired of that after about four or five days. And uh, yeah, it didn't do anything for. So then he was like, "Well, that one didn't work. We're gonna put you on Ritalin." And I was like, "You know, when <laughs> when I discovered this, or you know, went and got tested, I was like about forty or forty-one, forty-two. I was like, man, I've lived this long. <laughs> right? It? Yeah, know, I'd just go the rest of the way." I think uh, there was a point when doctors. I made that decision too. Yeah, I think there was a point when doctors kind of were like, oh, "Must be ADD. We're gonna put you on uh, medication for it." You know, like yeah. there's, it, they just you know well, the, make the, quick decisions. Right. Like I, I mean, the, the the test was interesting. I, I mean, I do have it. You know. uh-huh. uh, the the test was really interesting because my score came out totally normal. Like I'm a totally normal person, you know. But the the um, uh, psychologist that did the test he was like you can't go by that because why it came out normal is because the um abstract creative part of your brain is way super high the the uh computing functional part of your brain is way super low and that's why it came out that's why you came out with an average score uh yeah <laughs> well they you know i, I get my opinions about uh diagnoses and doctors and stuff like that but uh did want to get back to talking about your musical you know the formation of your musical abilities and stuff like that uh you were talking about this band that you were in in your late 20s or so how long did you guys stay together oh when we were when we were we were together for probably about about four years but two of those was just working up to gigging and Uh, and then uh then uh, and and it had different band members coming in and out, and uh, gigging was probably another two years. Uh-huh. But that doesn't and, sound like that was really uh, that 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 was really your music. It was like you know you were happy to be playing in that. It stretched your boundaries, got you to learn different things. It was a good band, yeah, it was, and, it was and they were solid band. musicians. But uh, when did you? What was the next kind of project that you started working on? <laughs> well, you see. That's kind of funny because I left that band for a band that was working every weekend. Uh huh. That sucked. Yeah, yeah. You know, but they were Not working every fun. weekend. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, went uh, in there and played guitar with them. Yeah, lead I mean, guitar, I could, rhythm guitar. Lead, I was always lead guitar. And what uh, what was that band called? Oh, uh, Crossfire. And what kind of genre? Uh, kind of music it were you was. It that? was like uh, instead of like Journey and Foreigner and all that. It, it was more like uh, the eight nine seven six three zero oh, five or whatever that song is. Oh, you know, like, Jenny, yeah. Jenny, and yeah. all this really super crappy stuff. Like you know? poppy and, and uh, uh, top forty kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, but in more in more sort of that sort of direction. You know, the simple. Simple rock direction had a great singer on it, Bob Bob Capani, who played rhythm guitar. He was a really good singer. So that was the one virtue the band had. And was um, that a band that played in this area all the time? Yeah, well, we, we, we yeah we played we played Bridgman and the Stevensville every weekend. 
What kind of yeah. venues were there to play uh, during we, that time? We, we played. We would play one weekend at either the Getaway or um, wow, what was the name of the other place? And and uh, I can't think of the other Maybe place. O'Malley's. Yeah, but what O'Malley's used to be called. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Oh, right, I, I remember Exactly right. Yeah, yeah, I can't think of what Playing in that, that band shell thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they had like a framed out place. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then the uh, Country Gal, you know. That's, is that and the one in That uh, was in Stevensville, Stevensville yeah. yeah. Uh, was that and, downtown? I don't remember that one. Uh, no, that was that was right on Red Arrow Highway. Oh, okay. And uh, every weekend, I mean, we just worked Friday and Saturday every weekend. Uh, and um oh is country gal closer to where the myers is now and red area yeah like down there's down further the north Beer, from uh, for, downtown uh no. like north of john beers road it, it's close it's it's i can't it might have been a little bit north here i can't remember i can't it might have been picturing it like being where that haircut place is or something like that anyway yeah so uh, that was so. What was this like the early nineties or so? Uh, no, that was still uh, that was still in the eighties. Oh, okay. And uh, that that music there, I just I mean I could go in and uh, do that in my sleep. Yeah, uh, yeah. Was, it, it wasn't was, inspiring to you or anything. No, were you it was, still uh, writing it was music paycheck. during that same time period? Uh, not really. Yeah, yeah, not really. Uh, and, and then uh, did I, you have a day job during that time? Like other no, actually, music? I didn't, to oh. tell you the truth. Oh, right, know. man. Was... Good for you. You just <laughs> played the music. And, uh, yeah, it, I was living at home. How long did you, um, when did you start teaching at the Citadel? Oh, I've been there for about, uh, I'm thinking about four years now. I, oh, I'm, it's got to be longer than that. Maybe longer than that, yeah. But but Time not 40 years or no, 20 no, no, years. No, 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 no. Okay. No, but... but you, you, you know the teacher is such a good place to work that the that the I'm still like a newish teacher there and I've been people there hang for, around there for a while. a while. There's a couple of teachers that have come since me, but but I'm still like yeah. Are you one of the only guitar teachers there? We've or? got two guitar teachers. It's me and then a uh, a girl named Larissa. She tends to teach the uh, a lot of the young youngsters uh-huh. that girl yeah. young, but she she teaches some there beyond that too, and she also teaches a program called. Kinter music, which is which is for like the toddlers almost, uh-huh, like know? rhythm, yeah, exactly kind of stuff. Exactly, like it's really nice. The... They get them, you know, it's fun. It's like yeah, it's kind of like a kindergarten thing. They get them, give them shakers and sing along songs and clap along with right. songs and rhythm and stuff like that. It's just kind of like it's an introductory uh, music. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. I remember doing that kind of stuff when I was a little kid, and yeah. I wasn't good at it at that <laughs> then. <laughs> <laughs> and she's got a she's certified, you know, and it, you have to get a certification. Oh, uh-huh, to teach yeah. little kids like that. Yeah. Did you teach music before starting to teach yes. at the Citadel? Yeah, I, I used to teach at my my good friend uh, Dennis Butler, great pedal steel guitar player, the yeah. best in this whole area by far, and. Uh, um, he had a music store in Stevensville called Electronic 2000, and uh, I taught out of there. Okay, was that downtown Stevensville? Uh, no, um, no, nothing's downtown. <laughs> yeah. It was also on on Red Arrow, um, uh, pr- closer to like Glenlord, you know, in that area. Oh, okay, yeah. up the road there. Yeah. yeah, on the other side of the highway. Yeah. Okay, and I, I've done some lessons at my house. I don't really care for doing that too much. Yeah, the it's a little, a little too much administration to deal with, probably. 
And 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 the people take it as too loose, you know. That's uh-huh. my, yeah, that's my not, biggest problem with it. They're they're uh, it, it's uh, it has more of an official atmosphere to it if you're teaching out of a place, you right? Know? How do you get the kids? Well, so are most of your students kids, but just yeah. older than toddlers and and uh, little uh, kids? I I sometimes get some seven year olds. So I've a- actually accidentally had probably like a six or uh, maybe even a five year old before. Uh-huh. But but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get seven year olds and such like that. Yeah. So in your transition with uh, learning music. When did you go from, I'm imagining when you first started playing the ukulele as a little kid and first started playing guitar, even with like this group of uh, four other or three other guitar players all singing the same thing, that it was a lot of strumming. But as I see you sitting here, you know, and, and you were talking about playing lead guitar, you're doing a lot of picking. And and uh, so when did you start feeling comfortable uh, playing guitar in that style? Proud Ape, those playing, oh, the band, uh-huh. playing, playing the band, yeah, uh, broke me into that. And were there particular songs that that you were learning at that point that um, allowed you to showcase the more the picking side? Yeah, 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 a lot of them. Because yeah. I, cause I, w- I was the that that band, I was the guitar player. There, I was the only one, right? And uh, yeah, so you had to, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So when you were the only guitar player, were you able to um, do it where you're playing rhythm and picking? You know, kind of like Jerry does a little bit of that, where he'll um, be playing and picking and and kind of backing himself up. Or actually, I want to say Eric Clapton is real well known for that, having having learned how to do that at a young age. I think any any lead guitarist, most of them worth their salt can play rhythm guitar pretty well too uh-huh i i mean um, keeping the rhythm together. and playing the the lead part that's something that uh that you know good single oh, guitar yeah. players are you are talking about finger style guitar player are you talking about stuff like you know that type uh-huh of thing? Yeah, I, yeah i was more talking about the latter where you're you're playing the the rhythm, but also picking the rhythm, the melody through the rhythm. Oh, and yeah, that yeah, seems yeah. like what you just uh, were yeah. able to do there. Yeah, very impressive. Or like Hendrix, how he was Hendrix doing, oh, doing yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, put those fills in. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, well, he, uh, in the he, middle of chord. And, yeah. and, and you know, Jimmy, he, he, you know, like I use the side markers a lot. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Well, Jimmy, I, I doubt highly that he had any side markers because you know he played upside down. So right. if if he had side markers, he had to put them in himself. Uh-huh. I doubt yeah. that he did it. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you watched him play on video, he he hardly even looked at the guitar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. He, he was he, uh, pretty amazing. Yeah. He just he had was, a it was, sixth sense for where everything was on the guitar. He, he seemed to have a brain that could that could separate vocals and separate guitar playing completely. Yeah, you yeah. know, like they just went through two different channels. That's an uh, interesting observation. I hadn't thought about amazing, that. Amazing, amazing guy. Yeah, he was, you know, just a, like a, uh, a a comet, you know, like he just buzzed through our existence. You know, he had a pretty short career, but did so much in that very short, what, four or five years he was, uh, he was out there and then he died. 
And right, there's new right. stuff coming out. Like his family's always finding new recordings and releasing them and stuff. And yeah, Janie is uh, uh, is is like half sister. She's do, she's done a really great job at that. Yeah, and, amazing. Yeah. Um, so now you play with the Scipion Family Band a lot. Uh, <laughs> pretty well, not a lot. Not <laughs> always. <laughs> about four, t- about four, <sighs> about four or five gigs a year. Oh, you guys are. Is that right? Only four or five gigs yeah. a year. Yeah. Well, Probably about five. Yeah. Uh, and you play at the livery a lot, I know. That, that's that's four of the gigs right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that's such a, a great venue. Yeah, right? yeah it's, it's, it's great, yeah. Well, how did you get associated with those guys? I remember sitting in with them when they were the Scipion Brothers Band. Uh-huh. And uh, Jared, was, who's now in the military, he was on bass. Right, right. And uh, they were a fusion band. They just, they just played instrumental you know, oh, fusion okay. stuff. Uh-huh. And they were good at it. Yeah. You know? Well, Nate's uh, such a great guitar yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. They were Matt's all, got really good. Right, uh, right. Jared was great. And, uh, and, and so, the, so I'm at the livery, you know, Venetia's open mic. And yeah. for me, you know, I guess I don't know them. These kids come in. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> okay. And, uh, and, uh, it, then, then, uh, Nate got involved with Leslie and it's like, okay, well now, now there's a vocalist, you know? Uh huh. Yeah. It's just kind of like, yeah, I was, I was observing all of that. You yeah. Know, yeah. Somewhat involved and yeah. So when did you become a part of the band, like on an official basis? Uh, right off the... Uh, as soon there, as they kind was, of, like, brought Leslie in. Right, Jared right. Left. I just became more and more involved, yeah. And I know that you the band plays a lot of your songs, but then they also have some original songs, too. Well, Nate. Nate does yeah. a lot of writing as yeah, well. Yeah, he sure does. He's He's got some great songs. Um, uh, and you, I know that uh, the covers that you guys do as a Scipion family band are fun because they're... You know, kind of deeper covers. Well, you know? we like the Kinks. Yeah, yeah. And that Power Man version yeah. is so right on. Thank and, you. Uh, Power Man is one of my favorite Kinks songs, uh, but not one that you know is is real out there. You know, everyone knows Lola. And everyone knows. Uh, we we, we you do really the got ones me that, now. Yeah, we do the ones nobody knows. Yeah, we, yeah. We do our favorite ones. Yeah. Well, that's, I don't care. That's the way to go. Well, <laughs> uh, but we were talking about that the other day when even when you're covering. Um, deeper tracks off of a of a well known band, it kind of you know it 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 gives you that uh, credibility first of all, um, but it also you know gets people to think a little bit more about you know how uh, where it's coming from. So it's it's kind of nice. Yeah, and and it, you you guys really make it your own too. You're not just uh, you know playing it exactly like you hear it on the radio you're stretching it out and and uh making it your own right? lately we've so. been doing uh, uh a lot of the dave davies songs from the from the kinks because that's right in leslie's range uh-huh and, okay and we love those songs Les- leslie loves those songs yeah she's a huge dave davies fan and dave was the guitar player and ray was the singer yeah, yeah yeah ray ray wrote the lion's share of yeah oh yeah of the songs, the but how cool songs. is that? You got this. You got this young lady, and she's just huge on nineteen sixties era, <laughs> yeah, kinks, but not Fun. the popular stuff, right? She's, the underground stuff. She does have you know? her particular tastes, yeah, yeah. That's and funny. what a singer! 
Oh yeah, you know what a singer. We're talking about Leslie, yeah. Yeah. Leslie Sipian, yeah. yeah, and you know she was on the show a couple weeks ago, yeah, um, with her side project, the Backups, right? I think they're playing the twenty first. I want to yep. say Coming next up. week, yeah. Um, uh, so we were talking about when the Sipian Family Band is playing again, and I think that uh, they've got a gig. Uh, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. The night before Thanksgiving is annual, yeah. And it, so it's become this uh, annual party at the livery mm-hmm. with uh, um, with uh, Morgan Ingalls band. Slip uh, Gypsy Baggage. Slip Gypsy Baggage. Mm-hmm. So you guys each do a set, and then you do like a collaboration set. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, they're, um, the uh, Slim Gypsy Baggage is like sort of the other band that uh, – has their home base at uh livery i'd say that's what oh it yeah feels. and yeah. they they work a lot uh-huh. you know they they work across the state you know a lot so uh what um what, you know what i'd like to do let's hey, cam. Uh, so saying hi to cam amina <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's a guitarist for yeah, some he, gypsy yeah he sure is he's mighty fine too yeah he's uh he's great i remember yeah. seeing him um, step up and play with Buddy Guy at uh, one yeah. of the blues yeah, yeah. things out at mm-hmm. um, in St. Joe a couple of years ago. Yeah, that was that must super, be a great experience nice for him. Too, I might add. Yeah, not another area fine singer Morgan. Uh huh. You know, have you seen any of your students from the Citadel become, you know, sort of bigger musicians in the area? Yeah, one uh, Joel Sawyer. Oh, okay. He's and, one uh, of your uh, students. And, and, you know he's not really well known, but he's gigging. He's he's starting to gig. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was one of my really good students. Yeah. yeah. Do you, uh, pl- uh, so we did talk about how you're playing at the Chocolate Factory last night. That was a solo acoustic. Right. I would understand. Right. Uh, do you do a lot of that as well? Play solo acoustic stuff. Mm, you know, I, uh, at least once a month, I, I'll play I'll play the uh, Chocolate. And then I'll do a, a nursing home gig every other month. But I want to I want to step that up, and I've got some things, some projects that I'm interested in, uh-huh. just to, to work more and express myself more. Do you take the same song list that you would do at the Chocolate Factory no. and do it at the nursing home? No, no, there's kind of separate. Okay, yeah, uh, the nursing home I don't do anything past like 1960. And I know that you do a great Elvis. Um, impersonation, if we can call it that, but it's you know it, you're playing Elvis stuff, and you uh, really dig down and and kind of let loose, which is always fun. So is that the kind of stuff that you do at the nursing home? I do do I, I do uh, all shook up, and I'm gonna do uh, more in the future. Yeah, that, that one I do. Uh-huh. And I yeah, and I do it like that. They get a kick out of that. Yeah. Um, so. Do you want to play another song before we close out the hour? Uh, yeah, I could do that. I'm going to try this one. It might right, be let me, with mistakes uh, and all. But, you're uh, listening to uh, Johnny Secret Stash on Radio Harbor Country, WRHC 106.7 FM out of Three Oaks, and 93.5 WRHZ out of Sawyer, Michigan. We're underwritten by Harbor Country Hydroponics. We're here with Danny Dine from the Scipion Family Band, and he's going to play us another tune. What, uh, which one is it? Another slow song called, this one I wrote called Help Me. All right. Danny Dine original. Here we go. Help me. 
never felt like this But I've dreamed about it all my life That I would find someone who makes me feel like you do I adore you I want you Please help me Help you want me to Help me baby Help me baby Help me I would give myself to you If I knew you would like me to I would take your hand And lead the way Help me, baby Help me, baby Just show me a sign that it's okay Help me, baby Help me, baby Help me shy before but it only makes me want you more please light up my night and guide me day I'm in love with you I need you what more Could I ever say But help me baby Help me baby Help me
With you by my side All her lives would be complete again Just knowing we both really can With you by my side Our new lives would start With God on our side We are never going to part If you give your heart to me Then we could call this our destiny No boy could love you like I do I adore you I want you Please help me Help you want me to Help me baby Help me baby Help me That was Danny Dine with an original tune, and that was the end of the radio hour. We're now into the podcast hour, and uh, listening to Johnny Secret Stash on uh, uh, through iTunes or Podbean. And to find us, if you don't already have this, is uh, J Johnny without an H. Look it up and uh, follow us on iTunes or Podbean. So, Danny, good to, uh, you know, again, great to have you here. Great and, to be here. Thank you so much. Uh, that, was, that was really remarkable. I'm, and I'm watching you play, and I'm, you know, just, this all came from you. You know, you figured that whole chord progression out, and and uh, just came to you. How long has that song been in your repertoire? Long time. The, uh, I remember rehearsing this, but it never came to fruition in the very early Scipion band. Oh, okay. And that's man is probably at least ten, maybe twelve years. Well, uh, at least twelve. My dad was still alive. You've seen a lot of transition uh, in this area for local musicians. I mean, I can think yeah. of a couple places that have popped up that have become these, you know, live music meccas that just weren't around. Right. Uh, the Liveries, you know, a great example. Um, but even um, I don't I don't know if Zara how long Zara's has been around, but long that's, time. That's, so that one's been around a little longer. Mm-hmm. Acorn Theaters, you know, relatively mm-hmm. new to all this, and mm-hmm. just these you know terrific venues where people come and are there to listen to music, as opposed to getting a beer and then having music going on in the background and they're trying to talk over it. There's a little, there's places like that certainly, but and there wasn't before, and there wasn't before. That's you know, you right. don't think so? You think that. Uh, the music that was being played was was being directly listened to, and then it transitioned to um, being sort of background. Yeah, it, at certain spots, I guess it's so good now because uh, compared to like the '80s and the '70s, because back then you had to play. 
what was on the radio. Oh, you know? right. There right. were plenty of places to play. They were bars, not clubs. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, you had four sets, four hours. Uh-huh. And uh, you t- you were just a jukebox, you know. Right. And right. Uh, Z- uh, Zars was the first place. And uh, Zars was great in the 90s, by the way. Yeah. I, mean, it's, uh, I love Tom. And, uh, they they uh, get but, some yeah. good bands down there. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So big shout out to Zars. For, yeah. They kind of, in this area, started it all. You know, uh, right, right. Yeah. They've been out consistently. That's a yeah. tough place to hey, fill Tom. up, too. That's, <laughs> shout out to Tom Jones. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, um, like you guys, you guys are, you know, uh, beer hippies, you'd have, you, you would have, to, you'd have to play in bars for yeah. four hours and you wouldn't be able to do your own thing. Well, I've done, I've been in those bands. Yeah. Too, yeah. yeah. And, uh, so where I'm glad those days did that are done. transition you know. from, um, things like, you know, some of these open mics where people who may not have been doing a lot of playing out all of a sudden they've get this opportunity and then meet up with other people That definitely has an influence on it and maybe in a way you know we used to complain about the djs coming in and taking over over bar bands Uh maybe in a way it did a did good uh it it, uh because because all of a sudden there were no bar bands or not so many there were djs instead yeah and uh those guys were getting paid what a what a whole band would get paid (laughs) Playing other people's songs, yeah, uh, off a record, right? It would be they would be perfect renditions, you know, because it was actually the record. It it was the rendition. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. used to burn me because they they had no musical talent whatsoever. You know, they're selecting, uh, they're transitioning. Yeah, there's a little bit of talent. Give them give them a a guitar, (laughs) give them a tuba, and see what they get out of it. You know, yeah, well, sure. (laughs) Their their instrument is their mixer, perhaps. Some of the and it depends. You know, like if they're just playing. Uh, if if a DJ is just playing, you know, a track off of a album, then yeah. But I mean, we had a DJ in here who um, is more of a, a selector, and there's a lot of. Uh, oh, you mean like I know what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're well, uh, those guys. Yeah, there, there's yeah. a big influx of uh, yeah. musicians like Bobby that. Bob used Grizz. to have one in his. I can't remember his name, but he used to have one in playing with Rat Dog. He did. You know, yeah. Oh yeah, is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it was a famous name too, but I, I, you know, I'm not that much. Well, he was, it was, it was kind of a rap DJ, you know. Uh huh. And uh, but yeah, yeah, the turntables, you know, spinning turntables. Right, and all that. right. I'm just talking about the guys playing. You, I you know. know yeah, playing. yeah, yeah. Where uh, right, where they were literally just almost they could have had a, a radio on or something like that. Right. Except they had the, guys. They would be the like room. like uh, doing their, you know. Uh, talking to the audience and yeah. their little cliche things they'd say and stuff like that. And they'd <laughs> yeah. spent a lot of money on the sound system and everything. You know? Yeah, they probably had good PA uh, systems and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, with the livery, they started with the um, uh, open mic. And um, I know Venetia Sekema, who you yeah. played with for many years, mm-hmm. um, was in charge of that open mic for a while. Yeah. And Leslie Sipian talked about that's where she met Nate and started playing with them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of these bands that are, are now out here have sort of gotten their start at situations like that where, you know, maybe they didn't quite have the network together to form their own bands and they go and meet new people and they start playing in with others or, or even mm-hmm. get just the comfort to be able to play in front of people. 
next thing you know, they're forming bands and and playing out places. And what and what it's done is that like I think the folk music scene is really strong in Michigan right now. Who are some of the um, folk music? Uh, Mayerly Wine. Yeah, well, right. So right she's off the bat. she's out of Gra- uh, Grand Rapids. She's out of Traverse now. Traverse City. Okay. Yeah. She's yeah. a, sort of with that Earthworks music Earthwork group. music, yeah. Like which Max is... Lockwood, mm-hmm. who is uh, our mm-hmm. guest but on a couple of weeks ago. Actually, you, you had Max Lockwood on, on down here? Yeah, yeah. He and came his here? show was uh, yesterday. Uh, by phone. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, Okay, right. great. Yeah, we have great. that technology. <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, was, Max uh, is... Uh, he was terrific. Yeah, yeah, I love him to death, yeah. And he played at Delivery uh, I was last there. week. I was with Sam Cooper. I know, we, we saw you yep. there. Yeah, yeah, Sam Cooper warmed up. Uh-huh. She's got a beautiful voice. Oh, she sure does. And yeah. I missed her opening set, but uh, what kind of uh, instrument was she playing? Well, Sam Sam plays, she, she plays guitar. She's she's a fiddle player. Oh, actually. okay. Uh, and, and a great singer. Now, here's what to check out. Sam Cooper and uh, Elizabeth Pixley Fink. Okay. And, oh, what are they called? Uh, uh, Hearth and Him, I think is what they call their their duet. And they're vocal harmonies. Uh-huh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and uh, on Earthwork Records, Elizabeth Pixley Fink um, had an album called Bloodroot. Just fantastic, you know, and... A lot of those people. There, here's the one. And there's some people that aren't connected to Earthwork. Um, oh gosh, what's her name? Um, I can't think of her name right now. But there, there's a lot of great young folk stuff happening. And, and the, my point is, is that it wouldn't have happened in in the 70s, uh-huh. 80s. You know, right? It sounds it, like it, if you weren't just covering if you weren't yeah. local radio or standard radio then yeah. no one would have come to see it but there's definitely mm-hmm. a lot of uh well uh, they wouldn't have you they, yeah they simply yeah. wouldn't have you there, there was no there was no stage for when uh, did you see that start to change czars they started bringing in yeah, those kinds the of first bands. time i haven't first uh-huh. time i've ever seen anything like that was czars yeah uh i suppose in a way uh if you were into hard rock you know the white house uh, that's what that Adam was talking about the, before. Yeah, yeah. But but as far as as far as anything outside of that, uh, uh, I'd say Zars was the first sort of the yeah. instigator of all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and Tom would bring in these bands that were just like, you know out of Chicago that were just you know out of this world. And uh-huh. Still, never forget them. Yeah, and a variety of music. I've seen great reggae bands there. Yeah. Really good blues yeah. bands. Yeah. Cover bands, but also, uh, you know, um, uh, other kind of, what was I going to say, though? They, you know, there was a whole variety of country. They've got a country night there. And, they do. And uh, comedy. You know, it does I, comedy there. I wish, I wish they had, I wish in their country, country night they up. had old country, but they don't. Best oh, knowledge. it's more like po- uh, newer pop what's country. Their, I think so. What's on yeah. the radio. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, um, that's what... That's the country that's, that's audience the these draw, days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there there is a market for the old country. And yeah, more like for sure. It almost like that. has transitioned into being like a folk or rock kind of thing. We were talking about Lucas Nelson the other day. I mean, that's yeah. It's kind of it's got a, that country twang, but mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't call it a country band by yeah. any means. Um, and uh, obviously, Willie Nelson is uh, 
who's still holding on strong is right. one of those traditional country guys. Lucas, he would have so many stories. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'll bet. I, I'm not sure how much he uh, grew up with Willie, but you know, cause Willie's a got a bunch of kids yeah, uh, from different wives and stuff. So I, I think he did. I think he was on, I think he went on tours. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he was, uh, he was yeah. one of the kids on the bus. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. His, and I know Willie's daughter, Amy, has a duet that she does with um, Arlo Guthrie's daughter. Oh. They're called Folk Uke, and they're oh, sort of like this. Great. I think I know what daughter it is, too. I forgot her name. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of her name either. They're based out of Austin. I've seen them a yeah. couple times, and uh, they they just have some of the raunchiest lyrics, but there's these you know these two beautiful women singing in like falsetto really high voices with ukuleles and like singing these like you know explicit songs uh, one of their songs is called well, I, we could say it uh starfucker they they do that song uh, oh the stones uh, uh, no this is um this folk uke band oh okay a, i say that because you know the stones have a song called starfucker yeah but it might be a cover of that one okay. but it's uh it's one of their bigger hits um, on the record they had to call it star star you know yeah right star asterisk yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, I know Willie's got a bunch of very talented kids and uh, or at least two that I know of. But um, I think it's uh, a well, girl. And Micah plays with Lucas. That's another one. of know Willie's son. So, OK. You know, I, yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Is he the other guy that's isn't there two of them in Neil's band? Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. So Lucas Nelson, Promise of the Real, has Micah Nelson in the band and then they back up Neil Young. Yeah. Um, well, they were doing it for a couple of years, but uh, I think Neil just started playing again with Crazy Horse. You hear about that? Really? Yeah, that. Yeah, the. I'm sure he'll be back to Promise of the Real. Oh yeah, that's, you never know what Neil's gonna do. That's true. You know? Yeah, he's always mixing it up and doing the, the long suffering Crazy Horse. You know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he is the long suffering Crazy Horse. A lot of waiting around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, I think that the, then Pancho. I think I think he retired. I heard he retired, but I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm not so sure. I, I don't. I'm not. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, getting back to the sort of open mic collaboration, you know, me, as an opportunity to meet other musicians that you might yeah. not have otherwise. Uh, met and you were right in the thick of things you know you were around here uh, yeah, yeah that's and that's what i mean yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's always where we are <laughs> yeah the hotbeds in michigan are like here kalamazoo um a little bit lansing i think they got like the i think the so nine pound fiddle or something like that uh, ann arbor with ann the arbor and uh, blind pig and... Uh, the grand rapids with yeah. a number of places in grand right. rapids pyramid scheme is just name one of uh-huh. of one of a few uh Traverse Traverse City um, uh-huh. that's way up there though right like that's it's, way up there it's but, hard to commute back and forth and, yeah but Traverse City I believe now has uh May Early Wine has Seth Bernard uh-huh. has Red Tail Ring have you ever heard of Red Tail Ring no I haven't heard oh, of that one they're they they they're a, a duet boy girl um I a boy girl they're probably about 30ish you know uh-huh. uh and they play uh, uh Laurel Primo master musician uh-huh. and and she plays uh, a banjo fiddle guitar sings lead harmony Michael Buchamp if I got his name pronounced right 
He's a guitar, and then he also plays mandolin, banjo. Their harmonies are spot uh-huh. on. Right. And uh, they play uh, music that's more like mountain music-esque from right, like the right. 1800s type sound. Oh, that's fun. But that could yeah. be their own material, you know. They, uh-huh. they it just maybe has that too. sound to it. Yeah, they're they're worth they're they're worth checking out. Yeah, that. I got introduced to a lot of stuff off that Earthworks catalog. Oh, cool! Have you ever it, heard of the Crane Wives? I have. Well, I've heard of them because they've come through town. I think they've played it. Yeah, they play the livery. They're not in Earthwork, but they're, it seems like the people that aren't in Earthwork that I like are friends with them. You know? Uh-huh. Yeah, they're oh, friends. That's good. Yeah. Do. Um, what about some of the guys that uh, you played with around here? We we talked about um, uh, uh, Venetia, yeah, and it's been a couple of years. And her husband Mike, you right. guys had that band, the Luna Madre band mm-hmm. with uh, Rusty that, Hardwater. That band was guitar. at its best when it broke up. Yeah, you guys had had gotten to a point. You were awesome, and um, you had the stand up bass player uh, Kevin Lesney, but, but he moved to. Uh, uh, electric bass, but oh, did by he? The, yeah. Well, that must yeah. have been a. I mean, that thing was like a good seven foot tall bass. Yeah, and yeah. it always sat right in front of my amp when he was. Like, <laughs> I hated that. Oh, Kevin! Kevin was a great player. Yeah, that yeah, was and that was a player. fun band, and you guys. Did yeah, it was. Really that was that awesome was really stuff. good. I'll, I'll never forget our our last gig. I think it was here in Three Oaks. It was like October. It was cold. Oh, it was like rain. worst vest or something like that. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's coming and, back around. There's... And like, and like, you felt like wearing gloves to play. Uh-huh. And and that was just an awesome gig. It, I did a couple gigs like that with Venetia, where it was just like freezing. You yeah. playing with coat with your coat uh-huh. on, you know, like finger uh, fingerless gloves. And and both of them were great gigs. I mean, we were on. Yeah. On, uh, yeah, that that particular last gig, we sometimes it takes uh, kind of that, you know, bad things going on around the, in terms of the weather or or yeah. being in an uncomfortable environment to really get you to focus yeah, and yeah, create. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and sometimes yeah. there's no one even around when you're doing some of your best songs. Yeah, yeah. You know, you end up that playing whole, for yourself. Uh, that that whole last period of the Luna Madre band, me and Mike finally really locked in together. Oh, you know, yeah, you guys really played so yeah. nicely off of yeah, each other. Yeah, we did. Coming yeah. in and out, and yeah. that's who... Yeah. It was yeah, sort of we, like dual lead guitars. Yeah. Which yeah. is what you and Nate Sipian right, do right, now right, with right. the Sipian right. Family Band. Mm-hmm. And uh, would you say that your experience with Luna Madre and, and uh, Mike, uh, both when you guys were trying to play with each other as, as uh, lead guitar, that that got you to... Um, focus on being able to do that with Nate Sipian for the Sipian family band? Possibly subconsciously, yeah. But but it is really two different kettles of fish, uh, you know, between those two guitar sections. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's, you know, I never thought of it, but there's a possibility because that was the first band, I think, if I can remember right, that had two lead guitar players in it that I played in it because I was usually as the lead guitar player. Yeah, yeah, right. Know. I played in the early '90s in a three-piece band called Red Deluxe. Red Deluxe. Uh, Red Deluxe. They're still around. They're still around. Yeah. Well, there's a band called Red Deluxe. Yeah, now prob- that, maybe uh, Rusty. Our good friend Randy Rogers is a, a member of. Roger Combs on uh, get, on uh, uh, drums. drums. 
Oh, okay. And um, okay. Kevin Mansfield. And okay. Well, uh, oh, Gary Collins was. There. Gary, Gary Collins. Collins. Yeah. yeah, I replaced <clears throat> Gary. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then Russ was on okay. drums. Russ Felino. Russ Felino. Yeah, I know Russ too. Oh man, he is golden on drums, man. It's just like you just play with Russ, and and you just like he. He makes you play so good because he's just so smooth, you know. Oh, nice. He's yeah. just I haven't heard that name. Is he still around? Is he still around? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I, I know he's still around. I'm friends with him on Facebook. Okay. He's, he's, I think his daughter's in the band. But yeah. In uh, Red Deluxe? Yeah. Well, no, no, I don't know what oh. they call themselves. Oh, okay. okay. But probably not Red Deluxe. But yeah, oh, right. it sounds drummer. like Red Deluxe has, has been around and had some... Uh, um, well, what Some happened? Transitions or, and stuff. What and, happened with that band is the place got dynamited, and we were playing this place called Donna's. You know, are you familiar with that? Uh-uh. And, and, uh, Where New was that? Buffalo. What, in New Buffalo. Yeah. Donna's in New Buffalo. Yeah, it was this grungy bar. You know, and, and the, the the lady who owned it, her name was Donna, and uh, uh, we played there Thursday through Sunday, oh, four wow. nights a week. Yeah, every week. I always had money on me. You know, <laughs> well, because yeah. I was working a day job too, uh-huh. and and. Uh, um. So I play. I sometimes the money wasn't that good. The only the, the only reason I stayed on that job as long as I did, and this is the honest God truth, is to play music with Russ Felino. Yeah, because I uh, never played fun. up to that point. I never played with a drummer like that. You know, uh-huh. and it's yeah. just like wow. Have you ever played the drums? I know you play. We yeah. talked about this keyboards and yeah, uh, I, pedal I, steel and. I, I pl- actually I play in the school uh-huh. because we've got this uh, the the drum teacher has this kit that has silencer heads on it so you can actually play the kit and and you can hear an acoustic guitar just fine. Uh huh. Yeah, know? yeah. That's because nice. uh, there's no real volume control for mm-hmm. drums, but that's right. essentially volume. That's control the volume for a drum. control for it. Yeah. yeah, and they have bounce back just like a drum kit should. You uh-huh. know? So and, yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, it's great. So I so. In fact, the song I played, Help Me, I've uh-huh. got a student that's actually playing that song. Oh, that's fun, yeah. You're... And I've, I've, the same student is playing uh, the Scipion, uh, a song of mine in the Scipion's uh, I'd Rather Be With You, another jazz song. Uh-huh. You know? He's real proud of him. He's, he's got all these chords down. He can't always remember the arrangement. Yeah, know? But yeah. He's, got, he's, he's got all the parts down, so it's just a matter of him remembering, you know, what it does at this point and that point. Right, and right. He, he's going to get that. And I, and I play drums with him. I play drums with a lot of the students. I bring them into the – I can't do it on Wednesday because that's when the drum teacher – Yeah. <laughs> so Wednesday, Wednesday's out, but the, the other days I, I Okay, uh, play. yeah. And then even – So I play at school. For at, and that Scipion Family Band event, uh, you've got – you know, three or four big instruments that you're lugging around. You got to fill yeah, up. Yeah, your... not anymore. We we got rid yeah. of the keyboard because uh-huh. it, it was just such a hassle. Uh, and we had it to was forsake maybe one or two songs a gig where you would be on the keyboard, probably. Yeah, it, there, at one point there was like four or five ish, but uh, uh, still probably not enough to to uh, some of those songs got though. dropped or or, uh-huh. uh, or some of them never got off the ground, and uh, we lost a couple of really. Really good songs, one in particular, but that's that's just the price that had to be paid on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you still bring out your lap guitar when you? I do. Go to shows. I do. They they'd like to, and I I don't blame them. They they'd like to see me transfer that to uh, electric guitar if I could. The uh-huh. uh, uh, it doesn't sound as good. It doesn't. Sure. You know, but uh, the reason why is because when I go to the lap steel, I've got a 
There's a take pause. Take a chair. There's a yeah. pause. I got to take a chair. I got to lower the mic. I got to adjust yeah. that. And yeah. Right. And then I got to do the same if it if it's not at the end of the show. Uh, reverse all that. You know? Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, do you um, uh, play electric guitar with a with a slide? Yeah. Okay. All the time. So what kind of uh, slide do you use? Oh, I've got. Um, uh, is a metal glass, you know, both uh-huh. uh, in my case, there's a glass slide and, uh, a Brandon Dingus bass player for that. That was in Luna Madre. Oh, he uh-huh. was, he was before Kevin. Oh, okay. I don't and, uh, it, I think it's an Anison aspirin bottle. Uh huh. Yeah. And I love it. it. It says he, it got excavated at his house. Interesting. Uh, from, so from like the '60s, probably. Oh, you know? for, uh, and that's that's, that's my favorite glass slide kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 perfect. It's got a seam in it though, uh-huh. uh, so you got to be careful. You know? Yeah, but but yeah, that's my on favorite the inside glass of line. it. So like, it could potentially cut your. Inside no, your it, it, it's just a um, you know manufacturing seam. Yeah. On it. So yeah. If, if if you're not careful and you play it on that, doesn't sound very good. As well. Oh right, right. Yeah, oh, so you got to oh, make sure to flip it so it's not on that. Yeah. So you you know that story about how Dwayne Allman learned how to play? I think that the, with the Corsadin, I, I think yeah. his was the same. I think it had a seam on it that he had to avoid, too. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. right. His brother yeah, gave the, him the um, Taj Mahal album and the medicine jar, and he just sat while he was, like, you know, nursing of the flu and just taught himself how to play right, slide guitar. But, but Greg didn't give it to him saying, like, learn slide guitar. He, he, ju- he just gave him the medicine because he was sick. Yeah. And he had the album. And then and then uh, they weren't speaking. Uh, they, they were always mad. They, yeah, something, they had. You know? they were, like, and, the uh, tightest uh, brothers who were mean to each other. Like, uh, you know, like, the, like the like, Davies brothers. And, yeah, and, uh, right. Uh, the, yeah. Um, so so um, they weren't speaking. And then, and then uh, Dwayne calls him up and says, baby bro. You get over here. You come over here, and he came over, and he's already he's already got a leg up on the slide, uh-huh, you know, in yeah. like a day. <laughs> I'm sure that, that dude. Uh, you know, another another one lost way too young. And, yeah, 24. Yeah, yeah, 24 years old. He didn't even make. He wasn't even. Old he wasn't even. He wasn't even part of the 27 club. He wasn't part of the 27 <laughs> club. Yeah, yeah but he, I mean, he had. Uh, you know, he was uh, on um, Eric Clapton's um, uh, Layla. Yeah, uh, or. Not Eric Clapton, but uh, Derek and the Dominoes, yeah. Layla, and yeah. other other uh, sort of love songs. Yeah, he did. He, he did some of the gigs too when they when they toured. Yeah, but then he had to cancel out of the tour early because of the Almond Brothers. Right, yeah. they were starting to really get going at that time. Yeah, there's that yeah. story before he started playing with Eric, where they were playing somewhere down in Miami, and Eric was recording down right. there, and and Dwayne was so uh, like. Star Trek when he noticed Eric Clapton watching him from the seats. He didn't know that he they like were going to be there. Up. Yeah, yeah, they were in front of the line, like the uh, and and uh, you know, like the border. Yeah, yeah, whatever the security and he, and, area. Yeah, and he looked he looked down and he and he seen uh, seen him just he had no idea right. that they were there. Can you imagine that? Like, and he quit playing. Dwayne, he like just yeah. froze. Right? He froze. Yeah, froze. For, I mean, not for very long, but he froze yeah. right in mid solo. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, Butch Trucks said it was the only time he'd ever seen uh, Dwayne get nervous right. in his entire life. <laughs> well, I guess he, they only had the Allman Brothers for maybe three or four years before Dwayne yeah. died in the motorcycle accident. Yeah, that's right. And it was right after they um, did the uh, um, live at 
uh, film more, yeah, 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 just which was like afterwards. their huge. That's yeah. the album that really got them going. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. so unfortunate, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, 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 really unfortunate. I I think that the Almonds probably wouldn't have broken up in in seventy five if Dwayne had lived. You know, they broke up for yeah. a while. Yeah, there was a couple of years there. They had, yeah. But it's it's kind of funny you mentioned that that Dwayne and Greg were sort of always at each other's throats or well, Dwayne was maybe not always nice to Greg, but after Dwayne died, everything for Greg was about Dwayne. Like even to the end, it was always like Dwayne's presence was always there. Yeah, like what same thing with, right. Same thing with Butch, Butch, Butch never got, got over it. Yeah. And, and yeah. Barry, Barry unfortunately a year later, suffered the worst. He did. Right. Yeah. He suffered so the worst with, with, with Dwayne's passing. Yeah. And but, then uh, coincidentally died in a motorcycle accident. Well, the, yeah. The thing about Barry, though, is that if you, if, from what I read about Barry, is that he was just horrible on a motorcycle. Like, like well, it could have been was, he was slightly suicidal as well at that point. He was still very depressed he, from. Yeah. Dwayne's yeah. Death. He wasn't, he wasn't doing well. I yeah. know that. Uh, and, uh, which is unfortunate. Yeah. He's so young. You know I, know. I know. And, uh, Terrible. um, but opened up the door to you know much later, obviously. But O'Till Burbridge, right? And, and right. then all uh, their bass and, players were you know Butch's uh, son Derek, uh, Butch's nephew Derek Trucks getting yeah. to play there, and, and yeah. uh, Warren yeah, Haynes playing with those guys. They're, they had a bass player in the uh, late seventies and early eighties called David Goldfleece. Uh huh. That's a guy people should check out. Yeah. He's just an amazing player. He played an Alembic bass. He's just an amazing player that nobody hardly even knows about. I can't think of the guy's name that replaced uh, Barry, uh, uh, the uh, yeah. black bass player. I can't like, think of his um, name right now. Lamar. But he was Lamar Williams. Yeah, Thank you. Lamar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all those guys were just <laughs> great. Yeah. Great players. O'Teal. O'Teal, I seen him uh, on a – and he was so shook up when he was he was supposed to make a speech about Butch and he couldn't do it. Oh he was, yeah. yeah, he's a real heartfelt guy. Yeah, O'Teal. yeah. And he's yeah. getting a you know he's getting a lot of great opportunities. He just his his album with Pura Vida, uh, which is Paige McConnell. Oh wow, I haven't Vita heard... Blue. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Pura Vida. <laughs> okay, I haven't heard. Is that, that. Like, is it coconut water? Pura Vida is. Uh, yeah, I think it is coconut. <laughs> Vita Blue. Yeah, that's that band with Paige McConnell, who's the oh. keyboard player from Fish, and O'Teal's oh, on there yeah. as like, the um, bass player. Russell Batiste. Right. Drums. Yeah. Oh man, I bet it's great. It, yeah. It's all yeah. instrumental, or I, I think it's okay. primarily instrumental. A um, couple of their older things have some spoken word kind of strangeness, but it's it's like fusion kind of stuff, uh, jazz fusion, but it's just so wow. powerful, really well done. And the, the, the new album coming out, like, I want to say a couple weeks. It's pre-ordering right now. Anyway, so that, speaking of O'Teal, yeah, O'Teal's yeah. just kicking it every step. You know, he's playing with That's, Dead & Company and just yeah, loving yeah, every second yeah, of it, yeah, you know? yeah. Well, he deserves it. Yeah, yeah, he's you really know, I solid. Heard the, the almond story about it was when it was Derek and Jimmy Herring and O'Teal in the band. It was like when they had Dickie was out just for a minute. It was before he was officially out. Uh-huh. They're they're gonna play some gig and one of the one of the, you know they had the, those roadies that were there the whole time, right? Like yeah. Red Dog yeah. or something. Yeah, I think it was yeah. Red Dog or somebody was yeah. like, 
you know, you guys are a bunch of sissies and, you know, you go out there and you play it safe every night and you guys have the chops to really go out there and take some risks and you don't and, you know, you're a bunch of cowards. And so they're like, all right, fine. And so they go out and they play Mountain Jam and you can find this version of Mountain Jam online. It's like 38 <laughs> minutes long or oh, something. Man. And wow. they go way full, like, Sun Ra out. On it. I mean, it's, awesome. it's, it's awesome. pretty hard to stomach stuff. It's really cool, yeah. but... And then they're they're sitting on the bus afterwards, and Greg gets on the bus and goes, "Which one is the fish fan? Like, what the hell was that out there?" And they're like, "Not me, not me." You know? And he goes back and slams the door of the in the. Oh, I heard, yeah, I heard about that part of yeah, it. And yeah, he, and he they said they're all sitting there, all sheepish, like, "All right, we won't do it anymore." You know, you know, they felt really bad, and then he comes back out and he goes. Yeah, I was thinking about it. And he goes, my brother would have loved that. And he goes, yeah, just do whatever you want from now on. I'm sorry I yelled at you. And yeah, you cool. see, Greg, he, Greg, yeah. like, he, he was, but but Greg was always like that. He, he, he was like, why do we need two guitar solos? Yeah. Well, because we got two lead guitar players. Yeah. 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 He they, said they felt like maybe he went back and had some sort of subconscious chat with Dwayne. Sure. And, you know, Probably yeah. all the time. It's all about, like, honoring what Dwayne would have done. Yeah, well, if he had a, a, a in that chat... Uh, Dwayne would have probably thrown him. A, Dwayne, yeah. Dwayne was big on tossing Greg against a wall, you just, know, like just this. Just being, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah really. And, and it's kind of weird because Greg was quite a bit bigger than Dwayne. Yeah, know? but he was like perpetually was, the, the younger yeah, brother, the younger even though brother, they're like yeah. two years apart, maybe. And, yeah, and it yeah. always had that relationship. Yeah, yeah. Well, Dwayne, I think, kind of raised them, like after their dad died and stuff so yeah mom, the, mom yeah was yeah full time yeah right a little bit, like, yeah right you know you know Dwayne actually told a roadie uh before he died he said hey look if something happens to me it was almost like you there, there's a few he different stories mm-hmm. yeah like that and he said i'm leaving you in charge of greg because he <laughs> will <laughs> he will job. screw up oh man yeah like goosebumps that's yeah <laughs> yeah that's and that's prophetic for a 20 Two twenty-three yeah, year old. Yeah, I mean, yeah. to even well, you know, think he, told, of... he told Phil Walden when when Phil Walden sunk all, originally sunk all his money into Dwayne before there even was an Almond Brothers band. Yeah. He just want, wanted to get Dwayne, you know, set him up. And Dwayne said, "Well, you know, this horse isn't run f- for a long race. Don't, 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 hmm. you know, yeah, don't, don't sink too much in stuff like wow, that." Wow, that he know? anticipated. Was... Yeah, yeah. Who would have thought? Yeah. Uh, we're, so uh, we talked about Sipian Family Band playing uh, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving mm-hmm. in November at the Livery yep. with Slim Gypsy Baggage also on the bill. That's going to be an awesome show. Do mm-hmm. you have any uh, is anything coming up before then uh, for you individually, acoustic stuff? Not other than what I mentioned, but I'm going to keep you posted on what's coming up in the future. I'm All me right. and Tim Johnson. Maybe maybe we can get me and Tim Johnson on the show sometime. Fun, uh, yeah. yeah, sounds yeah. good. And, All right, um, I might I might start a side band coming up too. We'll see, okay. We'll All right. Yeah. Well, let's look out for that. Yes. The girl that I couldn't remember her name is Libby DeCamp. Okay. Good one. Check her out. She's great. Uh, and. Uh, I was just so sad what Butch Trucks. Oh God! You know? yeah. yeah. Oh man. I was. I, I was. I mean, I, I never even knew the guy, of yeah. course. But I. But I was. I was really shook up about that. You know. Right. Well, the sad, even sadder, I think, is that there was some talk about okay, let's you know see, if, let's do one last kind of run at it and all that. And Derek, who's you know been kicking ass with uh, Tedeschi Trucks band. Yeah. 
I think he was sort of like, you know, I don't really have time for that. And Butch needed it. You know, he didn't have any other outlet. I think he probably didn't have a lot of money. And yeah, can his, you imagine his, money his, situation his was... nephew, like, having that guilt over his head of, like, I wonder, you know, what role I might have had in Butch's decision. That must have been tough. Yeah, I guess a lot of people could be like, you know, maybe could have, would have, should have, and all. Of that. course, the, the right. way it, the way it happened was horrible. And Butch Trucks is, I mean, I, when I was oh, I don't know, junior high, I was like, man, this guy's a fantastic drummer. He's not yeah. a good drummer, right? He's a fantastic drummer. Yeah, I mean, he really you know, is. Just, yeah. just so solid. Watch his interviews on YouTube, though. They are pretty. Just his character is, yeah. is hilarious. He's <laughs> he's so like you know. Tell it as it is and stubborn. For sure. You know? yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's always a good watch. Yeah. Those, can, uh, those old rockers, you know, all the Grateful Dead guys <laughs> and uh, the Rolling Stone guys, the Who, they just are so comfortable in their shoes now. They've been doing this for 50-something yeah, yeah. years. and Keith Richards is the only Stone that yeah. never had a serious medical problem. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, you well, know, he, he had did, the accident. Yeah, he did. But that was head. an accident. Right. You know, he never had a, you know, just, you know. Right. Well, who knows what would have happened if he didn't report it. You know, like there's always that that urban myth about him, like, getting his blood transfused, you know, yeah, transfused that's, that, that's, and that stuff. That's myth. Yeah. Uh, He's yeah. probably just pickled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just good genes, yeah. you know. Is, that, uh, that rumor, what happened originally is that rumor got out there, and he was like, well, "I'm not going to deny yeah, it." Yeah, say, gonna, "Hey, I'm that sounds kind of cool. I'm going to go with this." No, such you know? thing is bad publicity. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, uh, just before we close out, you know, who are some of the musicians, uh, professional musicians with with albums out there that you're listening to now? Now, yeah. Well, a lot of those, a lot of the Michigan people I've been talking about, yeah. Uh, uh, that came up within the last couple of, so I'm still discovering. Right. You know. Oh um so mostly that, you know. Okay. I'm really into Michigan Michigan uh folk. Yeah. Uh that's my that's my new discovery. That's awesome. It's it's not like you know, it's not exactly like the it's taken more from the old folk. Like, yeah. you know, traditional. Right, right. You know. And but then done in a done their way, you know. Yeah. Things like Libby DeCamp. That, uh, check her out. All right. Libby okay. DeCamp. Yeah. Red Tail Ring. Take a look at that. Sounds good. And uh, if – so uh, have you ever put out any albums? All these I songs you've I put out that written? single. Right. So uh, we found that – where did yeah. I find that? It was uh, – the, the, uh, Oh, on CD Baby. Yeah. The so one, she's the in one good song. hands now. Have yeah. you seen her? Yeah. I'm, pr- yeah. I'm real proud of Have You Seen Her. Uh, she's in good hands now. What happened with that is we didn't use a metronome, which I normally don't have to. Yeah. But I did on that song. And so the song starts out at one tempo, and at the end of it, it's considerable. You can actually hear it. You uh-huh. can actually hear you it. You did it on purpose? No. Oh, oh. No. <laughs> I, I could. And by the time the song keeps on going on, you know. It, it's. <laughs> Change the tempo, but well, uh, that just uh, happened until without, yeah, until that you said it, you probably you know? wouldn't even have uh, thought twice uh, about it. Probably. Could have been, we probably would have thought it was purposeful. Yeah, I do. I'm looking that would at this be interesting. Yeah, 
I'm looking at the Have You Seen Her on the CD Baby website. Yeah. It's available through that. Yeah. It's an, it's timed out at 9 minutes and 30 seconds. Yeah, so you yeah, got, yeah. Obviously, we're digging yeah, and yeah. Uh, jamming it's, out on I, that I'm one. A, I'm proud of that one. <laughs> That's awesome. There, there was a lot of guitar tra- lead guitar tracks on that one that uh, I almost wish it could come out with just like this guitar. We, we picked and chose. So there's, yeah. there's several of them. We chose the one that we had there because of one part there where Brandon, Brandon, and Brandon played great bass on it. Too, uh-huh. Oh know? yeah, and uh, where me and Brandon just locked in and crossed intersections on one part, and because of that one part, we chose that solo. But the the other solos on we couldn't decide. I mean, there was, and they were all different. Yeah. You know? and, uh, well, and I know that uh, so you've done session work too, didn't you? Play on Venetia Sekima's yeah. album Boomtown. I did. Yeah. yeah. So I remember yeah. that, that you had uh, um, yeah. stepped in the studio for that. Um, yeah. Well, maybe maybe some studio work for you coming. Yeah. Up. There's a, there's a solo that I never got to record on there that it was all in my head and I and I tried to play it uh, and I never got it totally together on there. But for um, after all this time, I think his name was. Uh huh. Yeah. And. Um, uh, I wish that would have gotten recorded on there, but yeah, uh, she didn't like it. To tell you the truth, because oh, it has because it has Middle Eastern, uh huh, yeah, you know, things to it, suggestions to it, suggestions it to it. She didn't yeah. think it fit into there. Well, but it's I her love album. that. Yeah, it's her album. Yeah, but uh, I almost feel like like maybe in the band in the future doing that part instrumental and just playing that solo or something. Yeah, it's, yeah, because that's is a favorite guitar solo of mine. Do you have uh, want to play another one for us as we're closing out here? Uh, yeah. Let me. Oh, you know what? All right. While uh, you're figuring gonna, that out, I'm gonna switch to uke. Okay, sounds good. I'm not singing. Oh, sorry. No, I'm not. Uh, no, I'm not was... singing high. I'm not singing in the high range too good today. But oh well. Oh no. This one sounded good. Want to go right. now? Yeah. Well, let me uh, okay. just. So you've been listening to Johnny's Secret Stash. I'm John Goldman. My co-host Adam Conley. Guitar player for Beer Hippies is yeah, here with Adam. me, and we're fortunate enough to be able to talk to Danny Dine. He's been uh, chatting with us. Yeah, yeah, thanks for coming I on. I could talk to you guys about all this music <laughs> gossip stuff <laughs> forever. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, Part yeah. Two. Definitely have to do it again. All right, yeah. what are you going to close us out with, Danny? Uh, this is a song of mine called, oh gosh, what's it called? Sometimes I can't remember titles until I start singing. Um Waiting for the sun. All right. The Scipians used to do this one, but we don't anymore. And you're doing it on the uke. Yeah. Awesome. Here we go.
in the horizon. Smell of jasmine in the air, waiting for the sun. This is the place where I belong, waiting for my own true love, waiting for the sun. Song. 